Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, this is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And wow, I'm so blessed and grateful to be joining you solo today and rolling out a new version a new part of Elevate where we really talk about, you know, elevating to the highest version of yourself. You know, what we're, we're all about on the show is personal growth, real estate investing, as you know, and I want to focus, you know, on an ongoing basis on really the personal growth aspects. And I really want to talk about some amazing, you know, concepts that are extremely important and really kind of distill and dive a bit deeper alone with you. And I'm just super grateful for everything that we've done together on Elevate. And I'm really looking forward to taking this to the next level. And I hope that you'll join me on this uh, on this journey. But for the first sort of inaugural solo episode here, I want to talk about habits because, you know, we all know how important habits are. And I think many of us are aware of how habitual we are as human beings. And we talk about this a lot on Elevate is about creating conscious habits. Some of you have reached out and said, hey, well, what do you mean by that? What's a conscious habit? And I think it's really interesting and we'll get there. But I want to read this quote that I find to be fascinating by Mahatma Gandhi, who said, your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values and your values become your destiny. So I find it to be very, very fascinating. And you see habits are really kind of implanted in the center of that philosophy and of that thought process. And as you will start to recognize, you know, habits are our values, the habits become our values, which ultimately becomes our destiny, which sounds as woo woo as it as it may sound coming off my tongue. But, you know, destiny is it's about our future, right? It's about, you know, what the conditions of our life are created to be. So, you know, if you you know anything about me, you know I love books, right? You know I love reading and learning and talking about books and speaking with smart people and engaging with people in our audience and of course, you know, I'm always talking about hey, well what, you know, what are the books that you've read and of course a couple of books that I'm super fond of are uh, Atomic Habits if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm holding that book up. Another one here is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Uh, James Clear, by the way, wrote the Atomic Habits book. And I love both of these books because it really illustrates, you know, what we can do to really own our psychology and really understand what's going on in, you know, the neuro fabrics of our mind. And, you know, I'll just start with, you know, what, what James Clear calls a habit is a routine or a practice performed regularly, an automatic response to a specific situation, right? It's an automatic response to a specific situation. And also it's performed regularly. It's a routine performed regularly. And it's really interesting that a lot of times, you know, we're performing routines unconsciously and we don't really, we're not really aware of it. And so I'm going to tell you about some statistics here today that I think will really blow your mind. Um, and we're also going to really talk about some actions and how we can own our psychology, how we can own our habits and how we can really use this as a tool for leveraging a greater future. And, you know, I think also something that's really important to note is really another passage from James Clear's book is that changes seem changes that seem small and unimportant at first will compound into remarkable results if you're willing to stick with them for years. We all deal with setbacks, but in the long run, the quality of our lives often depends on the quality of our habits. 
with the same habits, you'll end up with the same results. But with better habits, anything is possible. So that's really, you know, the framework with which I want to kind of start with is that really, you know, my belief, anything is possible. And I didn't always have that belief, you know, myself, I, I didn't know that that was the case. And, you know, I, I never was exposed to that line of thinking. And I've been exposed to that line of thinking, and I know it's true. And I think it's really interesting that we can get super practical with it. We don't just have to say, okay, think and grow rich, right? You know, like Napoleon Hill said, he says, all you have to, it's not think and do and grow rich. And I appreciate the vantage point with which he was taking with that book. Of course, it's, you know, a totally life-changing book. If anybody, if any of you have read that book, you know, that's the case, you know, but it does come down to utilizing your mind, utilizing your subconscious mind and, you know, picking out things in your world to help you leverage and become that next version of yourself. But it does come down to actions, of course. And your beliefs lead to your actions, right? We talk about your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, right? Your habits become your values, your values become your destiny. And so, you know, I want to, I want to reference a few of the things here that Charles Duhigg talks about. He says, and this is according to a Duke University study, um, is that 40% of actions people perform daily are not actual decisions, but habits. So if you think about it that way, it's like, all right, if our destiny is shaped by the way that we act and 40% of our actions daily are habits, there's a huge opportunity here. What can we do to identify where we're spending 40% of our activity? And, you know, our brain doesn't delineate between a good and a bad habit, a good and a bad action. It's just, hey, I'm looking for a reward. And we're going to talk about what Charles Duhigg talks about in terms of the habit loop here shortly. Um, but it's important to also know is that habits are not our destiny. They don't have to be our destiny. We can actually, habits can be changed if we understand how they work, number one, and also if we know where to look. And the other important note here is that what Charles Duke says is that at one point, we all consciously decided how much to eat and what to focus on when we go to the office, how often to have a drink or when to go for a jog. Then at some point we stopped making a choice and the, the behavior became automatic. It's natural consequence. It is a natural consequence of our neurology. And by understanding how it happens, you can rebuild those patterns whichever way you choose, which is super exciting. I mean, I don't know if you guys think it's as exciting as I do, but I think it's, you know, obviously it starts with awareness, right? We have an awareness that our brains are trying to save energy by creating habits and, you know, identifying a, you know, a reward and doing something automatically to obtain that reward. And it's really interesting when you start to break it down that way, it starts to, you know, the walls start to fall down. It's like the Berlin Wall. You start to see that this can actually crumble and you can actually win. You can actually conquer this situation. I think it's so exciting. This process within our brains, Duig says, is a three-step loop. First, there's a cue, right? There's a trigger that tells your brain to go in automatic mode and which habit to use. Then there's a routine, which can be physical, mental, or emotional, which I think is really, really important to really delineate. It can be physical, mental, or emotional. And then finally, there is a reward, which helps your brain figure out if this particular loop is worth remembering for the future. You know, so if you think about it, it's like, you know, I think about my dog, Bruno, um, you know, the, uh, the, the cue in the environment is, hey, Bruno, are you hungry? And it's amazing because he knows what that word means. 
and his mouth just starts drooling. I mean, he starts drooling all over the floor. And obviously that cue has now triggered a routine for him to start drooling, you know, and um, obviously the reward is the meal, right? But the word was the cue, you know, are you hungry? And, you know, how many cues do we have in our environment that are triggering, you know, certain routines, which we're ultimately subconsciously or consciously, perhaps there is a, there is a conscious level that we're looking to attain a certain reward, you know, whatever that may be for you, you know, if you're, if your phone buzzes in your pocket, you know, there's a cue in your environment that says, Hey, wait a minute, someone has sent me something interesting. And perhaps from a very subconscious level, you're saying, well, wait a minute, I, I need to look at this. I need to pull this out immediately. I need to, I need to react. Right. And so I'm not saying this is good or bad, but it's just an example of what is a cue in our environment. So I think it's really, really, really interesting. Once you start to break it down, you start to realize what is this habit loop? You know, if you want to create conscious, you know, conscious habits, you know, really what it's all about is about identifying a simple and obvious cue, right? And then clearly defining the rewards because studies show that people who have successfully started new exercise routines, for example, show that they're more likely to stick with a workout plan if they choose a specific cue, such as running as soon as they get home from work and a clear reward, such as a beer or on an evening of guilt-free television, right? Research dieting says that creating new food habits requires a predetermined cue, such as planning menus in advance and simple rewards for dieters when they stick to their intention. So I think it's really interesting. So there's a, there's a plan here, right? You can identify, you know, what the rewards are. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's like reward yourself for sticking to your plan. And at, at a certain point in time, your choices then become habits. And what can you do to identify, you know, what's empowering and what's disempowering in your life? So now that you have the awareness of, you know, really the process for habits and the fact that 40%, you know, four out of 10 of every single action that you take on a daily basis is a really in the process of a habit, it's very empowering to start to recognize, okay, wait a minute, am I doing something habitual right now? And is this serving my future self or is this not serving the future, you know, vision that I have for myself? Like if I'm, if I'm, you know, I, I have a vision to be financially free, financially independent and have a lifestyle design, you know, through being a leader, through creating, you know, a vast real estate portfolio or even, you know, a modest real estate portfolio or a business and, you know, showing up and, and, perhaps I'm investing passively in real estate deals or, you know, whatever that may be, you know, maybe I have a vision for myself where, you know, I'm going to be a fit individual, you know, until the day I die. And does this really serve, you know, the vision that you have for yourself? And of course, you know, it begs the question, well, what's the vision you have for yourself? And perhaps, you know, habits are showing you that maybe your vision is not strong enough. Maybe you need to start there. Maybe you need to really identify, well, what are you stepping into? Because, you know, like Mahatma Gandhi said, your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, and your values become your destiny. So what's the destiny that you want to create, right? That's what Elevate's all about. It's about creating a destiny. It's about being conscious of your future. And you're not going to be, you know, the default mechanism of your environment or just being a human being. You know, if you're really wanting to elevate to a life without limits, it's about being clear on making clear decisions for your future. And really, I think a, an important, extremely 
important mechanism is identifying and creating your own conscious habits. And it's not about overhauling your life, you know, all at once. It's about choosing one thing at a time. And, you know, another thing he talks about is keystone habits. There are certain keystone habits that you can create or, or perhaps are already a part of your system that are, you know, really serving you to a larger degree, you know, or not. And, um, you know, if you think about it, like a keystone habit, one, one great example is, you know, working out. If you consistently go to the gym and, you know, you're spending time and effort, you know, to maintain or grow your own fitness, you know, that's likely going to spill over in other things, right? You're, you're likely going to make better decisions when you eat, you know, because you don't want to waste that workout or, you know, you're likely going to, you know, spend more time focusing on sleep because you need to be able to show up and, and be healthy and thoughtful there. You know, there's, there's so many different ways where a keystone habit really spills over into the rest of your life. So, you know, you start to think of leverage points, you know, what are some other keystone habits that might make me make better decisions in other places of my life as well? I might start to shape other parts of my habits. So I think it's super exciting to recognize that, you know what, we have such an opportunity and, you know, there's so many things where our brain is serving us at the end of the day, it's serving us. And it's, it's really at this time, it's asking us for, you know, our input. So let's, let's make the unconscious conscious and now make conscious habits, right. And create those conscious habits. So once you've figured out your habit loop, you've identified the reward driving your behavior and the, the cue triggering it and the routine itself, you can begin to shift that behavior. You can, you can go ahead and change to a better routine by planning for the cue and choosing a behavior that delivers the reward you are craving. So what you need is a plan, right? And he, he gives this example of, you know, every day at three 30, he was craving a cookie, right? A chocolate chip cookie. And he's like, wow, okay. I, you know, it's three 30 PM. It's like, I, I'm going out here and I'm getting a chocolate chip cookie and I'm going to talk to a couple of people in the office. And what he says is that when he sees a cue, he will do a routine in order to get a reward, right? Which is the basis of what we've talked about being a habit. To re-engineer that formula, we need to begin making choices again. And the easiest way to do this, according to study after study, is to have a plan. So within psychology, these plans are known as implementation intentions, right? And I think that's exciting in itself because, you know, we always talk about identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar. And that's what this is all about. It's an implementation intention. So instead of, you know, getting up to get that cookie at 3.30 p.m. every day, it's, well, wait a minute, what, what's the reward that I'm really after here? Is it the cookie itself? You know, maybe, or maybe we can go a little bit deeper here. Maybe we can say, well, maybe I'm just looking for a little bit of relaxation. Maybe I'm just looking for a little bit of rest. You know, maybe I'm looking for five or 10 minutes of, you know, time to spend with other people. You know, what is it that's going to fill me up? And so getting deep and understanding, what is it that I'm actually looking for here? What is that reward that I'm truly looking for? And, you know, what he identified was that he just, you know, he just wanted a, a moment of distraction and the opportunity to socialize. And so he wrote a plan. He literally wrote it down and said, at 3.30 every day, I will talk to, I will walk to a friend's desk and talk for 10 minutes. And so, you know, he made sure he remembered to do this. So every day, you know, he set his alarm at 3.30. And he stepped up and, and did it. And, you know, here's the thing. He said, look, it didn't work immediately. There were some days he was too busy to do it. There were some days where he ignored the alarm. There's some days he fell off the wagon and, you know, got a cookie. But eventually 
it became automatic. And so when he set the alarm, you know, he found a friend and at the end of the day, you know, he felt like this small sense of accomplishment. And after a few weeks, he could hardly, you know, really think about the routine anymore. But what he realized is that he couldn't find anybody, you know, to chat with. And But, you know, he went to the cafeteria and bought tea and drank it with friends, right? If he, if he wasn't able to find anybody to, to uh, spend a moment of socialization with. So it's just really, really interesting. I mean, there's so many examples that we can all find in our own life that we've probably got things that are not empowering us, right? And there's probably a deeper sense of a reward that we're looking for. And so, you know, what I would challenge you to do is to identify one habit in your life that, you know, may not be serving you. And you probably know deep down, like, what's that one thing? And what can you do to make a plan? What can you do to write down, you know, a replacement habit? And maybe even set an alarm for that. And on a consistent basis, you're going to commit to a new action. And, you know, I think it's super exciting because I know there's been many habits in my life. When I started to really study this information, I started to really think about it. I was like, wow, I know that this is not serving me, but habits have a stronghold on our psychology. And so it's important to really stick to this consistency, create a streak. You know, as Michael Hyatt talks about, it's like, if you want to create a habit goal, you know, it's like commit to it for 30 days. See if you can do it for 60 days. See if you can do it for 90 days. And if you do that, that's an accomplishment. And you've created new neural networks in your brain, which are super, super powerful. And if you use this as a leverage technique, it's amazing the things that you can create in your life. So what can you do to identify one habit? And once you accomplish that, move to the next. But, you know, identify points of leverage that are going to change, you know, more than just one area of your life. Because if you're committed to your fitness, as an example that we used earlier, Perhaps you're going to be even more committed to your business, to your family and, you know, showing up in so many different ways. So I think it's exciting and I hope that you find this exciting as well. But it's about elevating, you know, beyond your potential. It's about elevating to the version of yourself that you have a vision for. It's about creating that vision. It's about stepping into that. And so I hope you enjoy this. I hope this is actionable for you. And if so, please share this with a friend. And thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.